0: Well, I want to welcome you. It's a good day to be at uh, Hope Community Church. I I figured out, uh, first service I figured out, um, our our new foyer and everything is kind of loud when a lot of people get in there. And, and I walked in, uh, I was here early and people started to come in for first service. And I walked out on the foyer and everybody was quiet. And I thought, What in the world's going on? And I saw everybody looking at the screen going, and I thought, it still works. We can be like 40 years old, and you put a TV in front of us, and we shut right up. So it's an amazing day, and uh, we're just so excited about what all that God has done in and through this church, and we're excited to celebrate that today. It's going to be a little different. You're going to hear a lot of different people come up uh, on stage I believe that the reason um, Jesus used a, a really neat way to teach people, he told stories. We call them parables. And he would say, well, there was a guy that was throwing seed down. There was a guy that, that had a vineyard. He would tell, there was a, there was a lost coin, a lost sheep. And he would tell these stories and then, and then it would cause people to remember what he said. And so today we're going to tell the story of, of how this church got here and how this building was completed. We're going to recognize the people involved in it. And so we just want to tell the story today of all that God has done. Amen? But first, I want to welcome you. I want to say uh, thanks for showing up this morning. We, we figured out that about six and a half, seven months ago, we did the groundbreaking out here, well, probably right in this area, and it was pouring down raining. About seven months later, we're here again, and it's pouring down raining. But fortunately, we're inside today, and the roof don't leak, and so we're excited about that. But if you're here for the first time to Hope Community Church, we want to say welcome. Uh, there is a little card in the seat pocket right in front of you that says, um, welcome home. If you take that at the end of the service out to the Connect Center, uh, we got a gift to say thanks for just showing up. We know coming to church for the first time can, can maybe be a little weird, and we just want to say thanks for trusting us with your time this morning, and um, we pray that God uh, we believe you're here on purpose. We pray that God would, would minister to you today while you're here. And so um, also, if you're interested in being involved anyway, maybe you've come for a while and you're trying to figure out how to get plugged in, the best way to do that uh, is to grab a card. There's another card in that seat pocket that says sign me up. And uh, you can check a box in an in a area that you're interested in or maybe you're not sure. And, um, and somehow I'll give you a call. It's just a conversation starter. It's not a commitment. And so we just want to get the, the conversation started. So that's the best way to do that. You can also go online to the website. I think we've changed the name of the website to myhc.com. Does it? Anybody know more than me about that? myhc.com. No? .church. myhc.church. So you don't have to type in that long, hedgesville.church, myhc.church. And uh, and you can find the, the same stuff there. So we're thankful that you're here. Also... We don't collect the offering on, on Sunday mornings. You can be generous on your way out. And, um, and we try to make it as easy as possible. You, um, you can give online, myhc.church. Uh, or you can uh, do it on the phone app. Or you can text the 84321. Or you can do it a uh, traditional way and leave it as you, as you go out of the building. I do want to say that uh, sometimes it looks like we're more strategic than we are. Uh, so we, we had planned for the Finish Strong offering and uh, to be on April 14th. And, and somewhere in that process, we decided to move into the building a week earlier, which meant we were having our first Sunday on April 14th. Uh, so we, we uh, did the finished Strong offering, and we're trying to finance as little as possible uh, with the construction of this building. And so in the month of April, about, um, not about, $107,000 came in In the month of April Isn't that amazing And this is the goodness of God Somebody just walked in uh, This service Don't look around And said hey where did we end up I said about $107,000 He said why don't you make that 120 dollars And uh, we'll just go ahead and do that Isn't that crazy uh, so we thank God. We, we actually believe and operate on the principle that if we're generous, God will supply all of our needs in abundance so that we can be generous on all occasions. Amen? We operate that way, and we're so thankful to get that opportunity. So um, we're going to get started. This is going to be a little different. I'm not preaching today. We're gonna, there's going to be a lot of people come up on stage to tell a story about how this happened. And, um, and these, these people that we're inviting on stage mean a lot to me. And, um, I'm so thankful to have partnered with them, uh, many of them for decades, uh, in, in this church's history. And they, they're just such an important part of the gospel going forward, uh, in our community. And so I'm thankful. So we're going to, we're going to get started. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to go first cause I'm the boss. <laughs> that means different things today. We, um, I started here, uh, Going on 19 years ago. Yeah, December will be 19 years. I started in December of 2000. And uh, a pastor by the name of Lou Whitford gave me an opportunity. I didn't know anything. I had not been to seminary. I was not, didn't have the right credentials, anything like that. And um, he looked at me at 24 years old. I already had a wife and a kid. And uh, the youth pastor job had come available here. And he said, uh, hey, would you be interested in doing it? And I said, absolutely. I was, I was working towards being a pastor at the time and working a f- full-time job. And, and so um, gave me the opportunity. I walked into his office. He said, well, here's the package we can give you. He said, we can pay you $10 an hour. I went home and told my wife. I said, man, they gave me the job at the church. So awesome. She said, okay, what, what's it going to look like? I said, they're going to pay me $10 an hour. Lip curled up. She tells a different story. I think we had just moved into a place with purple carpet. And I was getting paid 10 bucks an hour. A year after that, um, the person I'm about to introduce you to came into the life of the church. We'd had a transition in leadership. And the way the Assemblies of God works, if you're not familiar with it, is uh, traditionally any staff members w- with a change of a lead pastor any staff members, uh, did not have the expectation to stay. He would be made the, given the opportunity to create his own team. And so within a year of me being employed here, uh, and, and believing this is where God called me to be, uh, we had a change in leadership and we went about three or four months with no pastor. And, and so, um, pastor Don and Linda, uh, came into our lives and, uh, and we didn't know each other, had no clue who each other were, never worked before together, didn't, didn't, never bumped into each other. And, uh, and for the next 16 years, uh, I worked for him and with him. And, um, he took a risk on a 25 year old kid. Matter of fact, I think when he got here, I said, you've got kids my age. (laughs) And, uh, that made him feel so young and vibrant that he said, uh, well, this is the place, obviously. So um, he gave me the opportunity to grow up here. I've told many people there's probably at least three opportunities for him that if I were the pastor, I would have fired me. And uh, he was extremely patient, long-suffering, gracious, encouraging, was constructive when I needed it, and, and lenient when I needed the rope. And I'm forever grateful for the opportunities that he gave me. And um, I heard a guy, Scott Hagan, say this one time. He said, friends will give you opportunities, but fathers will open doors for you. And I want to tell you that this never happens. Uh, We are a little over two years after a leadership transition to church. And we have completed... uh, um, basically a $1.3, $1.4 million building project, uh, a little over two years of transitioning leadership in a church. And that never, that is not typical in any denomination or congregation. Uh, usually a new pastor coming in spends the next four five, six years trying to get to know everybody and build trust and, 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 um, and make sure he's got the support to, to make changes. And the way pastor Don led this transition, uh, Made it unnecessary for any of that, and he uh, he paved the way for us to make to make this happen. And he was a huge part of making this happen. So, could you welcome him the way Hope Community Church does as he comes?
1: Good morning i got to move quickly, a lot of stuff to do today, uh, so I'm going to talk quick, talk faster, you listen faster if you can, and uh, we'll try to keep too far out of the red on that uh, timer back there. Um, there were some issues when we made the transition to come to church here, uh, and so out of some of that, uh, to say that the atmosphere of the church uh, during the first couple of years of our pastorate was not conducive to church growth uh, would be an understatement. Um, I uh, jokingly told a few times, but this is truth, Uh, when we came, uh, I told my wife not to unpack everything, uh, because we wouldn't be here longer than a year, and um, however, here we are, still here, and... uh, um, I'm supposed to talk about changes that were necessary to get to where we are. And uh, definitely changes needed to be made. Uh, Changes in me, for one thing. Uh, Changes in our leadership. Changes in the church and its outlook. And uh, all that had to occur if growth were to take place. Um, But it was during those tough early years that the property between the old church and the school uh, became available. Uh, approximately 20 acres, 29 acres, uh, we were given the first option to purchase. And although we were very small at that time, uh, the church voted to acquire it. Uh, We knew that any future growth would require that property. And so through the sacrificial giving of many, uh, we were able to obtain financing uh, and purchase this property. But some of the change that had to take place, I believe the catalyst that all of us would agree uh, that brought about that turnaround change uh, was the church leadership cohort offered by our Potomac Ministry Network. Um, and so for two years, the staff, which is Pastor Chris and myself, uh, the board, and other ministry leaders met bi-monthly in Western Maryland with a couple of facilitators to determine the direction we should take as a church. And so first, we considered our current church realities, uh, that we were one of the 17 out of 20 churches in America that were either plateaued or declining. And we decided that we wanted to instead to be one of the one out of 20 churches growing by conversion growth, not just transfer growth. And then we determined the scriptural purposes of the church, we identified and stated our core values. We studied our community context. uh, What was the average age, the income, the occupations, family types, and uh, what were the primary needs of uh, this area. And so with this information in hand, we identified our church's missional focus or the target that we were trying to reach. And then we identified our primary strategy for fulfilling each of our church's five purposes— We identified our ministry model, and uh, we identified our church's worship service style. And then we identified our church's minimum health factor uh, so that we could intentionally work to improve our greatest weaknesses. And then finally, we wrapped up our vision strategy and began the implementation process And uh, that's where our leadership team uh, took ownership of the vision and worked enthusiastically to promote it. Those were fun years. And a wonderful spirit of unity evolved as we worked together to fulfill the church's purposes and to carry out our mission to serve, save, and shape our world through Jesus Christ. And then a few years ago, The church adopted a new constitution and bylaws that probably more closely follows the scriptural model, a pastor-led, staff-driven, board-approved style of church government. The democratic model works fine in our government, but uh, very poorly in a church context. So now the decision-making process is streamlined, and change can occur much more quickly And then the major change leading up to the construction of our new facility was the transition of pastoral leadership from myself to Pastor Chris. This entire process has been quite unique in nature and in the successful manner in which it was conducted. Uh, Pastor Chris and I had worked together for around 16 years at the church, and so I'd had opportunity to observe him over the years. Uh, When the church had grown to the place that we could add staff members, uh, I felt the opportunity had finally come for me after 38 years of, of continuing ministry to have a sabbatical. And uh, the board agreed and told me to take a hike, and, uh, which I literally did for six months uh, through hiking the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine. But that six-month-plus period became a crash course in pastoring for Pastor Chris uh, and he, he faced a lot early on in that uh, that time period he did extremely well and the church continued to grow so upon my return he'd been carrying so much of that load i let him continue to carry much of those additional responsibilities that he had assumed uh, we began to share preaching responsibilities we alternated months and series of messages and as we discussed the impending transition We wanted the passing of the baton to be as seamless as possible. Uh, With the constitutional change we had made, it was my responsibility to appoint my successor. And so it was a very easy and obvious choice. A few other churches have and are following this same model, but with varying degrees of success. I believe the major reason for our success rests with Pastor Chris. He's incredibly gifted. He works hard. He's a wonderful communicator. And it's always a huge factor in the formula for success in transition if the person to whom you hand the baton is capable of carrying it further and faster than you are. And he is definitely that person. And for the past couple of years has uh, obviously demonstrated that. Now, occasionally... I've been accused, and sometimes falsely I feel, of being a man of wisdom. Uh, However, there is some evidence of wisdom on my part, uh, this being one of them. Uh, As I've been around Pastor Chris over the past six or seven months of construction, uh, and I've watched him lead the whole process with skill and insight, uh, making decisions constantly, uh, one of the wisest things I've done is step down prior to this building phase. He has conducted himself admirably, uh, listening to and considering the advice of the contractors working on the project, uh, taking leadership at appropriate times, uh, motivating and mobilizing the large number of volunteers, and setting the example of hard work. Pastor Chris has done what I could never have done with the same degree of excellence. This was a change that was timely and right leading up to this season in our church. And I'm, as you, uh, I'm overjoyed at the result. This is a beautiful and functional building. And I'm excited for the future of Hope Church, Hope Community Church. So now we've got this building up. Let's work together with our pastor and fill this wonderful facility. Amen? Amen? I believe we are poised for phenomenal growth. And we give God glory for that. Amen? Amen. Yes. Praise God. Well, over the years, I've had the privilege of working with an incredible group of men uh, who love God and love his church. Uh, They have made and approved decisions that have helped the church to get to this point. And so I'd like for the board members of the church to come and join us on the stage. Uh, would you go ahead and step up and make your way? Let's uh, give it up for these guys. Amen.
0: I was given the opportunity early on to attend all our Board of Elder meetings and um it probably that probably wasn 't a smart decision but um, but Pastor Don uh, wanted me to know how these things work, and so from a very early time, I was uh, involved in all those uh, in that whole process and what I want to let you know about this group of guys here is is you 're looking at a group of guys who have helped lead the church for for over a decade uh, we don 't have any we don 't have any Youngsters on the team, uh, they've all been here a long time and very dedicated. So I'll just start out, Mark Davis uh, right here, a wonderful um, Connect Group leader. Mark uh, has been so dedicated to this um, project this year and making sure even with um, extreme stress in and, uh, uh, and, and, and his life going on, he's, he's the guy that always shows up with a smile on his face, uh, trusting I'm believing the best about people and about what God is going to do. And so, um, so he's taught me a lot about how to walk through difficulties in life. Uh, keep your head up and keep looking to your Savior. Uh, Skip Euler, who is by many accounts the nicest human being on the planet. Uh, and I don't say that. There's people that come to me and say, you know, he's the nicest guy ever. I'm like, I know. I tried to get him to cuss one time. I couldn't do it. Um, So uh, he has been steady here, uh, him and his wife, Donna, who's our, um, we have a flow chart that is shapes because we're not that smart. Um, So she's our purple triangle, or purple rectangle. I don't know my shapes either. So we actually got her a shirt for Christmas with a purple rectangle on it. So that way we can know what her position is. Uh, but she's our executive assistant, and together they have poured so much time, effort, and resources into this congregation, it is, uh, it is really unmeasurable. So, uh, And then there's my father-in-law, Ron Fry, and then, um, and then uh, I have lived, I have been married going on 23 years now, and Ron has actually known me since I was about eight. My dad was disabled when I was young, and when we moved to Martinsburg, he owned a physical therapy practice on uh, Rockcliffe Drive, and my dad started going to physical therapy there, and I would show up at eight years old. And my, my wife and I were on a date one time before we got married, and I said, who's your dad? She said, Ronnie Fry. I went, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> so uh, we've lived beside him for the last 16 years. Him and Martha have supported us in ways that you, cannot, you can only dream. When we, when we say, hey, we're going to try something crazy, we're going to buy this business, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. They've cautiously, but, but, um, but they've always supported us in every endeavor. Uh, and, and they're the best neighbors anyone could ever ask for. And, um, and Ron was here pretty much every day in the last six and a half months building this building. And I think I heard a story where he went to his doctor and he said, doc, I don't, like, I just, I don't have the, I don't have energy. It's like something's going on. And the doctor said, well, what do you, he said, well, I've been working at the church. You know, no, da, no, da, da. He said, are you kidding me? You're like 74 years old, you've been working 12 hours a day. <laughs> so there's no stop in him. Uh, he just keeps going. He was up here this week, planting a tree. And so I, I appreciate your support. And um, he's a strong, he's owned his own business, entrepreneur, and a, and a strong voice in our board uh, for keeping those straight. Jeff Welch, standing right behind me, um, doesn't say much, but when he says something, you should listen. And Jeff was here every Saturday for six and a half months. And he, um, he's a guy that has to get up extremely early. He drives to this church from Jefferson County. And uh, gets up extremely early in the morning to go to work. And he has been a steady hand at the wheel. Whatever needs to happen here, he will do it. And so I'm so thankful for you, Jeff. And then Tim Williams is the, not age-wise old man, but he's the old man. Uh, He's been coming to this church longer than anybody up here, including myself. Uh, He doesn't say much either, but when he says something, you should listen as well. And I can vividly remember times in the church history where money was an issue, we were struggling, and Tim always fell on the side of generosity. He always felt, guys, we need to make sure we're supporting missionaries no matter what happens. And that voice caused us to be blessed, and um, I appreciate that. And him and his wife, Debbie, uh, if there's anybody that Beth and I look up to as far as we want our marriage to look like, it's them. Uh, I can remember, I can remember Debbie walking up during something, and and uh, it was a special thing. We had a, a ceremony at the church We were taking communion, and people could walk up and say what they were thankful for. And Tim was standing beside me, and I said, "What are you thankful for, Debbie?" She said, "I'm thankful for my husband." And I went, "Man, that's pretty good." So, um, this church wouldn't be what it what it is today without their leadership. Uh, church boards can can be a sticky issue sometimes. Uh, where pastor and staff want to move a certain direction and, and the church board maybe um, maybe withdraw from that. But I can tell you over the last uh, 15 years or more, this group of guys right here has always leaned on the side of reaching people for Christ and missions. And so I appreciate them. Uh, I don't plan on them going anywhere. Uh, they're steady hands in my life. And uh, I really appreciate them. So I think a couple of them are gonna say something uh, Here same guys I'm a man of a
2: few words, as my family and Donna can attest to, <laughs> uh, so I will keep it short. It's been quite an honor to go through this process, to in what I call in my life, in retirement, what have you, to be able to be a part of a project like this to have a son-in-law that's uh, been very successful with, with uh, strong support of Pastor Don. Uh, Pastor Whitford, I just have a lot of respect for all of them. But what I say the most, just a few words. We worked, we fasted, we prayed, and we conquered. And we give now we give God the glory. In you. I'll be quick
3: also. Um, It's an amazing honor to serve with these amazing guys and under the leadership of Pastor Chris and Pastor Don, Um, but it's also hilarious. Um, Last night, uh, Donna, I'll be real quick, she texted all the guys and said, hey, listen, Pastor Chris, why don't you come up on stage, and if you have anything you'd like to say, just be one minute. So, like three of the guys, you know, sent the emoji with the hand over their face, and they, you know, I don't want to talk anything, then my best friend Ron here says, well, I want to sing a Waylon Jennings song. And for the next, I don't know, two hours, you should have seen the messages that were coming back and videos of Ron singing. It was incredible. But um, listen, I just want to just say it's been an honor and a privilege to serve under Pastor Chris and Pastor Don. And if you hear in their tone the honor that they have for each other, and it's just amazing how... They've worked together, and I know that they've brought the best out in each other. And the, the main focus that they've always had is they want to see people saved, people come to know the love of Jesus. So, again, I just thank you guys for the opportunity to serve and, uh, with these gentlemen also. I'm,
4: I'm the youngster on the block. And I grew up in an era where kids were to be seen and not heard. Um, but dad's not here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk for a minute. Um, when I was asked to do this, I was blown away. Um, it is an honor to serve with these men and this pastoral staff. Um, to watch um, the dedication... Um, to see in the gospel go forward is incredible, um, and these and i 'm included in this, these guys genuinely like one another when we get together. the business could be done in fifteen minutes. We stretch out board meetings to four hours because we genuinely like one another, uh, and I want to close with this. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, the people labor in vain. And we have not labored in vain because God has built this house. And I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about the people that he's assembled together in his honor. And it is my privilege to serve you.
0: Thank you, guys. Well, the next three guys I want to introduce to you. Um, this project would not have uh, happened without them, and I'll just call them up on stage while they're coming. I'll, I'll talk. Jamie Yates of Cedar Creek Builders, Bill Cordamanch of Timberlake uh, Builders, and Mike and I of Patriot Builders. I think they're all in the room. You can... Um, you can look at how well a project's going to go according to the team that has been built to, to see it through. And I can tell you, uh, right from the onset, this church was blessed with um, uh, an unbelievable amount of expertise in construction. Uh, resident high-end commer- or high-end uh, custom homes to commercial. Uh, we have people here that know how to do everything and have been very successful at it. Uh, Jamie Gates, standing to my, to my right. Um, gave me my first shot at uh, learning the trade of construction uh, over 20 years ago. I was, I think, uh, 21 and a half, something like that, was looking to change jobs like I had a career uh, at 21 and a half. Uh, my motivation for it was I knew I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to spend more time volunteering at the church. And so the job I currently had, I would work, sun up to sundown. It just was a kind of a nightmare. And so I heard that he had an opening, uh, through the grapevine, and so we, we talked, and and if you know Jamie, there wasn't a long conversation. It was show up, and and I remember being in Sears at the time, buying a tool belt and a hammer because I didn't have one, and a guy who was also in construction around the same age as Jamie looked at me, and he said, um, what are you buying? And I said, um, well, I'm getting a tool belt and a chalk box and a utility knife and a hammer, and he said, "Boy, you don't want to do that." Uh, it was one of the best decisions I'd ever made. Uh, we built some really nice homes together, but more importantly than that, he taught me a trade that I would have never learned otherwise, and he taught me how to do it right. And so we've been friends over the last twenty years. We've been on mission trips together. We built homes together. We built homes in a week in a week together. We've remodeled kitchens in a week together. We've built habitat homes in a week together. We built a twenty four hundred square foot house in a week together, uh, and we built the church in six and a half months, and so uh, he's taught me just about everything I know as far as building goes, and I appreciate him, and he'll say something here in a second. Bill Cordomanch has been coming to this church almost 20 years. Every uh, He's managed um, huge construction companies, big ones that build a lot of homes every year, and he's managed himself, which I think he's better at managing the big ones, um, Bill is the guy that if he has it and you need it, it's yours. Uh, if he's got a piece of equipment, if he's got a tool, if he's got anything and you need it, it's yours. Um, he, he worked through this project with a broken back. And um, uh, just 100% committed to this church. He has, he has been a part of crazy things like building a skate park out here in Hedgesville 10 years ago and made that happen and uh and i 'm just thankful to call him my friend and he 's just a great guy Mike Anaya is um, is someone who I kind of describe as God dropping an angel out of heaven that's it 's more like a chicken, but um, Mike and his wife uh, Linda started coming to our church about six months before the before the building started, and I knew of him. And the work that he had done in this, in this county, in this area, he's meticulous uh, at, at the building trade. I mean, it's to the point of perfection, to the point of us going, Mike, just get it done. <laughs> and um, he came in and I was trying to hold back a little bit before I accosted him. And so we gave him a couple months. Gave him a couple months. Gave him a couple months, and uh, finally said, "Hey, would you be interested in joining this team and making sure we're doing this right? I'd love your input on it." So um, he jumped right in. He's uh, he's brought equipment here that would be astronomical to rent. He was here every weekend uh, for six and a half months. I need to tell you this really quick. Uh, at one point in time, the, the four of us were in this building on a Saturday. I'm the youngest. I'm 43 by far the youngest. And um, and so uh, what happens is we're in this building uh, on a Saturday morning early. Mike comes in on a cane. He had fell on a job site and cracked his hip, still came to work. Bill is, everybody knows Bill's working with a a, a, a legitimate fractured spine. We won't tell you how he got that, bar fight, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Jamie, uh, Jamie had fallen off a lift here in this building. And I, he never went to the hospital. We think he cracked his kneecap. Still waiting to get that bill. And I found out about three quarters of the way through this process that I've got two um, herniated discs in my neck. So the four of us show up on Saturday morning. And I'm looking around, I said, this church has no hope. There is no way this is getting done. But they were some determined individuals and they put it in week after week, day after day after day. And uh, it was zero complaints, just whatever it took to make it happen. And the mantra that I heard over and over and over again was not, don't ask me to do that, but I wish I could have been here more. And so that tells you the heart of these three guys. So I'm going to turn it over uh, now that I've said my piece to them, and they're going to, all three of them are going to say a few things,
5: and they're going to be short. Amen. <laughs> turn the timer on, right? <laughs> i got to get notes up. I'm not as eloquent speaking as the pastors. Good morning, Hope community. <laughs> Isn't this amazing, though? Uh, I'm going to get, as pastor Chris said, my family and I have been coming here for 18 years, and it has just been an amazing journey. About 18 years ago, well, a number of years ago, I think it's been 15 years ago, Pastor Don, the church staff, and the board, and I'm going clean back here to give the full thing to where we are here with me today, is developed. A, a vision for this church going forward. And that's when they came up with a cohort program that uh, was established and Pastor Don had mentioned. And with a blessing and honor to be, I was part of that program. We spent two years focusing on a mission for this church. As a result, part of that mission was saving people for Christ. And which is part of Far and Wide. Actually, I forgot to put Far and Wide in there because, as you know, everything we do here is for Far and Wide. But the amazing part of it was is that we did such a great job that the church had to consider expanding because we ran out of room. That's a good thing, right? So during that period of time is when Pastor Don passed the pulpit to Pastor Chris, which was just an amazing event in itself. And, you know, when we think about what God does, he just does amazing things for reasons that we don't understand until they happen. So with that being said, Pastor Chris came on, and he said, we're going to build a church. And he came to the three of us, Jamie, Mike, and I, and myself, and he said, get it done. And we go, okay. So we spent months planning this program got the engineering done. We collected capital so it could happen. And we found out that was the easy part. Now we had to build it. And Pastor Chris came to us and said, to be financially responsible, we're going to build this church with as much volunteer help as possible. Okay, that is a... Recipe for disaster if you've ever worked volunteer work and never lost back your hat. So, with that being said, the call went out. Volunteers showed up in the droves, week in and week out, for months, never having to be asked. And under the leadership of Pastor Chris, this project went forward with minimal delays, very few problems, and we actually get done a month ahead of time. And that doesn't happen. Cause I'm telling you right now there are contractors. There are contractors out here that would not take on a project this site, much less with volunteers. So this accomplishment was less was nothing less than miraculous. And being in this business, I can say that knowingly and for it to happen the way it happened. So I thank everybody that was involved in this program, the process of getting this built, and for everybody that put one moment in this time and put any of their resources into making this building a happening. The strength of this building, and we all need to remember that, isn't in this building. It's the people who put it here. And that's all of you. So God bless each one of you, and thank you. It was a pleasure working with you.
2: Good morning, Hope Community Church. My wife and I moved here a little over 40 years ago, and I went to work for the largest commercial contractor in the four-state area. I put the top four floors on City Hospital. I oversaw the project at the Seven Day Adventist Review and Herald Printing Plan in Hagerstown. I worked on a correctional facility in Hagerstown. I worked on Washington County Hospital in Syntex and Frederick. So I know commercial work. And believe me, as Bill said, this was a huge undertaking for a regular general contractor, let alone a group of volunteers. But yet, this church came together in ways I never dreamed possible for a group of volunteers. When I was asked to come on board, and I attended the first meeting, I came home, and the wife said to me, how did it go? And I kind of did one of those famous Pastor Chris moments. I kind of went, and she said, what's that mean? And I said, they want to be done in Easter. And she says, really? And I said, "Yeah." They want to be done at Easter. So as time has gone by and my truck has been here, I have run across other contractors and they have said, are you building the church in Hedgesville? I said, no, I'm a member of the church. I'm working there as a volunteer. Well, who's the contractor? We are our own contractor. We are building that church. Well, when's your plan completion date? We want to be in by Easter. You mean Easter 2020? I said, no. Easter of next year. And they just laughed. And they said, you are biting off a big chunk to chew. And I said, I know. But, like me, they did not know this church. We have a fantastic group of people who have I now become not only friends with, but I have come to respect and love. There is so much talent and good in this church. That it's unbelievable. And Pastor Chris has amazed me time in and time again. What he can do with his cell phone is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, he, can, he, can, he, he could coordinate a moon mission with that cell phone. I have to deviate a little bit from the rest of what I was going to say because of something that happened between services. There's a saying in the Christian community that God is good and good is God. Maybe some of you, I'm even going to get teared up here saying it. Maybe some of you caught the encounter at the hospitality desk. I had an individual who I've known for three decades. I've known Peggy and Joe for three decades. Joe came up to me, tears running down his cheek. And he hadn't even had a chance to really even hear Pastor Chris speech yet or preach yet. But Joe came up to me and he says, I have found a place that I need to be. Find something for me to do. Find something for me to do where I can serve God. So as I said, look around. God is good and good is God. God bless us all.
6: As Chris mentioned, we're all the old guys, so i got to get my eyeballs on. <laughs> How are we doing here in this beautiful building? Uh, we're all going to hear about similar speeches, different viewpoints, but uh, as we all know, it takes each and every amazing volunteer to complete a project like this one that we are here in today. And I value each and every one of you that has helped <clears throat> and would like to say thank you. There's some really awesome, special people, as you've heard. We don't have time to go through all the names, but, uh, but it also takes a team to pull off a win, and we did pull off a big win. But I am here also to let you know that it takes a great leader of that team to be successful. And although you hear all about the good contractors and some more are coming up later, Um, we had a great great part of the project was our leader, Chris Jones. He was the one that led us through this awesome building project. He kept everyone, everything, on schedule, on time, even some of the subcontractors, on time, on budget, on track. Only lost his cool a little bit, once or twice. Watching... The pennies of the budget, being a great steward of God's money, your money, and the project, literally saving tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, as we heard about other projects. Leading the amazing volunteers each and every day, each weekend, even some of the hard knuckleheads like myself. Doing the design, ordering of materials. We came here all the weekends having materials. Uh, And the biggest part that he did is he put in way, way too many hours throughout the entire project, especially the last two, three months. Sometimes working here to 1, 2 a.m. in the morning, and then back by 8 o'clock in the morning. For some people like me that don't like to count, that's over 80 hours a week. That's a lot. Both Chris and Beth have given their heart time and soul to this church and church family so much so that even on their birthdays this past month they were here working till past midnight and I thank both of them for that Um, so I've also am getting in trouble and taking the opportunity I've placed some red buckets in the back uh, for give each and every one of you guys a chance to say thank you Chris and Beth for the awesome job sacrifice given to you There's some paper cards in the back, but also I'm hoping everybody's got some stationery in their pockets that we can say thank you, (laughs) that we can send them on a birthday weekend without the kids just to say thank you. So thank you, Chris and Beth, for an awesome job.
4: (laughs) Amen.
0: It's, um, somebody hit my iPad. Now it's over. (laughs) What'd you say about my phone? (laughs) Thank you guys. The, um, oh yeah, the Saturday crew. I'm sorry. There was a, a crew of people that showed up here every Saturday literally every Saturday for six and a half months. Some of them are still showing up because they don't have any place to live anymore. (laughs) And I I may be missing a few, but these are the people that we sat down and came up with. If you could just stand and turn around so everybody could see you. My father-in-law, Ron Fry, he was actually here every day, day in and day out. Uh, Pastor Don was here every day, uh, working with Ron day in and day out. Of course, Jamie, Mike, uh, Gary Palmer, who was here in first service. Um, I, I thought Gary knew what he was doing and I found out he didn't know what he was doing. He was just, he was just showing up and, and then somebody would say, do this and he'd do it and do it well. Um, Tim Linton, was he in first service? Uh, Tim Linton, uh, I came to know Tim through this building project. He'd come to our church for a while. Tim worked, I mean, every Saturday, and then he would come during the week. He would get off work at 3.30 and just show up and say, what do you want me to do? He was actually here yesterday finishing up the brick uh, on the old part of the building. Uh, Jeff Welch, Jeff drives from Jefferson County and, and would show up. He's got to get up at, I don't know, three o'clock in the morning, leave at three o'clock in the morning. He would get up, show up, and, uh, and come here after work. He would show up every give, every Saturday, um, Adam Dunham, who who may be in the room. Um, he, uh, just whatever it takes, they're, they're special friends of ours, him and his wife. Sam Lucher is in the back somewhere. Um, Sam, Sam looked at me one day and said, I think you think I know more about this than I do. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh yeah, just get up there and do this. And he'd just look at me, but he was here every week. And then Adam's wife, Heather, uh, was here as well. And actually, the Kids Wing got remodeled way more than what we anticipated it being remodeled because of their leadership. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Mary Daniels. Mary, if you're in the room still, I know she was in first service, um, uh, runs our Seniors Connect group and just made sure there was food here every weekend, every Saturday for people to eat. Because if the food thing was left up to me, we'd eat pizza for a year. So I'm so thankful for their participation. Could you give them... Uh, this was over and above. Yeah. Nice. Also, what you have to realize about our church is there's a, a whole bunch of contractors that come to church here that offer their services, and you saw three of them up on the stage there. Uh, somebody who's become a dear friend of mine, and, and just a wonderful man, uh, Buddy Minear. Could you stand, Buddy? Uh, he just had surgery this week, but he told me he'd be here. Listen, um, we ran into a snag with the HVAC right at the beginning, trying to get it figured out. This is a bigger building. And, and Buddy came into that process and he knew more than the engineer drawing the designs. When Buddy called me, he said, he didn't know what I was talking about. And I went, Oh, you're the right guy. So he installed all this stuff. And, uh, what happened was, uh, we had a guy from Mitsubishi that came. He's a star- they called the startup. It's like, The thing's so technical, you got to have a startup. So he comes, uh, I found out later that he usually allots eight hours to be in a building for the startup. I think he was in and out at about three. He went back and told his boss who later called Buddy and said, that's the best installation of that equipment I've ever seen. So there were times that Buddy would tell you this and I was like, come on, man, you gotta, he goes, Chris, we got to do this right this is my church. We got to do this right. And I appreciate that about him. And I'll get your tool back to you. It's down in the basement. (laughs) Great people. Mike and Brenda Phillips, Phillips Commercial Kitchen Repair. I don't know what to say about this guy. He's become a great friend of mine, their family, our daughters room together at WVU. Um, He knows how to do just about everything. And if you look at that railing out there, he fabricated the, he, he welded the whole thing, all the steel he welded, uh, he's a great welder and, um, and can fix just about anything on the planet. And, I uh, appreciate you guys for all that you've done. They're generous. Chad, look, look family exteriors. i just talked to Chad yesterday and, um, he was brand new to this church and he's got a, 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 a roofing business and, and we have a lifetime roof on the building and he, his company did a wonderful job. Daniel Dayton of K&D Painting, right there, uh, brought his equipment here and just dropped it off and was like, here, you can, I mean like expensive equipment. I'm like, we don't know what we're doing. And, um, and, and then was here. Uh, and let me tell you this about Danny. Anytime he walked in the room, the mood went up. Not as much work got accomplished, but the mood went up. And he always lifted the spirits in the room when he showed up. And uh, he's a great painter, by the way, a great painter. Uh, Dave Smith, Mountaineer Material Handling. I don't know if Dave's in the building today, but um, I I got to know Dave through this church. But we also, both of us own businesses in Morgan County. And and Dave would send three of his guys out and pay them to come out here and work. And I uh, did it on a, a bunch of different occasions, providing shelving and stuff, uh, things like that for the church. Uh, Walt Kirby uh, gave us equipment, Kirby's Custom Contracting. And then somebody that doesn't do, isn't contracting per se, but uh, BTM Accounting Services, Brad Close, who's become a, a good friend of mine and a, and a go-to person for budgeting, Um, uh, I have spent a lot of time with Brad going over the numbers of this project, making sure. He spent a lot of time with me at the beginning, making sure the numbers were right uh, and and making sure we were in the right place. And I value that. And I uh, I was so happy to go back to him about a week and a half ago and said, hey, man, I think we're going to finance a good bit less than what we had anticipated. And he went over the numbers with me. We were excited. So um, he also introduced me to the next person I'm going to have come up on stage Uh, whenever you start a project like this, uh, you know, it was about $1.3 million. And whenever you start a project like this, your mind first races to how we're going to pay for that. And is there a bank that would loan us money? You know, we're, we're a church and and this person will speak to that a little bit more, but I started talking to Brad and, and Brad said, I know who we need to have a meeting with. And so Brad set up the meeting uh, with me and, and him and, and this gentleman walking up now, Mark Harrell, is the president of CNB Bank. And also with Matt Jozek, Matt, are you in here this morning? Could you just stand and wave? Everybody look at Matt back there. There you go. <laughs> they uh, we, had a, we had a meeting at Brad's office and um, immediately uh, realized that these are guys that we'd we'd like to do business with. And it wasn't just the bank. It was individually. They were they were stand-up guys. The more I've gotten to know Mark and Matt, realizing that uh, the banking is what they do, but their real goal is to have an impact on the community. And that that lined up with what we want to do as a church. And uh, they're a local bank, a local community bank. And and it's been just a privilege of mine to get to know Mark and Matt. And, and just through the process, it was as easy as it could possibly be. I, I had never done the draw uh, thing before through a bank. And and, um, and I would call Matt up and say, man, I need some money. And, uh, I know it's probably supposed to be more official than that, but Matt would come out, take pictures and do his thing. And, and, and he would, you know, and, and I'd get a check I'd say, this is awesome. Come back next week. Uh, so, uh, they were just the easiest place to deal with, uh, that you could ever imagine. And I appreciate your friendship and your leadership of the bank. And so he's gonna he's gonna share a few things with us. Could you welcome Mark?
7: Thanks, Mark. Thank you, uh, thank you, Pastor Chris. Uh, when I first heard that story, I said, "How easy did Mac make it for you?" <laughs> wow. Okay. Good. Great. Um, so, uh, so this morning I was asked to kind of uh, share a little bit about this process and this project, kind of through a bank's. Uh, Lens, and I'm happy to do that. But I, what I want to start out with saying is, as as my wife and I have become involved in this church, and and we call this church now our home in this community, our home. Uh, I want to thank everyone here, uh, Chris, the leadership team. Hey, by the way, let's give another shout out to the leadership team. Let's give another shout out to them. And that's. Uh, that 's an important part of my presentation, but I want to thank you for welcoming us and our family to to your church. Uh, this is home now for us as we 're making a transition from washington county to uh, to berkeley county so um, So through the lens of a, of a bank, I, I think the the best way to do it perhaps is uh, kind of explain the fundamentals of lending sorry i 'll make it quick. Um, so, and and uh, if I brought Matt up here, he would do it in like an hour. I'll do it in about two and a half minutes. So um, so the fundamentals of, of lending, uh, the five C's, right? There are five C's, the, le- the letter C. Uh, number, the number one C is character, right? Character. And that's an important C in the five C's. And so if, if you know Pastor Chris and Pastor Don and Ron Fry and some others, they've got character, right? There's... There's certainly character in this church, uh, but what's more important uh, than than kind of their fun personalities is that these these folks—it's uh, it, just in their DNA to make this work. And, and you don't—you'd be amazed how important that is to a lender to see that commitment, to see that level of excitement. That yeah, it's it's relatively easy to be successful in a really strong economic cycle. Um, the real truth about a character is when things turn. And how committed do they remain? And, and our sense was immediately uh, a strong commitment toward uh, toward that effort. So we felt good about character. Uh, the next C is capacity, and and you know if we're we're lending you money, we kind of want to make sure you have the ability to repay it, and so it's kind of uh, basic to us. So so we look at capacity with respect to. Uh, historical trends uh, with, uh, with uh, revenue and also pr- projected trends. And what is happening with this church uh, as, as it continues to grow, what amazes me is that um, you, we aren't getting caught up in that growth and getting all overly excited about things that are happening here, but it's what's happening in the community and how we're positively impacting the community. And that's what's exciting And that we're staying true to, uh, to the mission. So that's, that's pretty cool so um, there 's this thing called collateral right collateral, and everyone gets excited about the collateral and, and this is this is a wonderful building, really cool floors, amazing uh, A v um, equipment uh, but you know it 's tricky when you 're lending to a church and that 's uh, candidly why i 'll defend my brethren who who do not do it um, if if you uh, one of the remedies under uh, under a default to a bank is to unfortunately foreclose. And that is earth-shattering, as you might imagine, to any homeowner, to any small business. The difference with a church, though, you're not di- disrupting one family. You're disrupting hundreds of families. So when you think about collateral, you're not really ever thinking about the sense of ever foreclosing. So you've got to go back kind of the, more, the, the greater focus is on character right in capacity and that's where we were very comfortable as a local community bank uh, and by the way we're celebrating next month 85 years uh in, in doing business right here in the eastern panhandle <laughs> we're excited about that we're going to have a little celebration in spring mills just a couple of miles away from here um, but we're we're so thankful and we're honored to be a part of the future uh, of of uh, this church and when i say that i'm talking individually uh so excited about being part of uh, of the future of this church and one of the common themes um that we've all heard as we heard various testimony up on the stage is is people right it's it's about people um again you can have this beautiful building and this really cool concrete floor that I heard create maybe a little consternation with our pastor um I don't know I don't want to speak to that publicly um but uh, I'm reminded of when we were kids and we did that thing with our hands, you know, here's the here's a church, here's a steeple, open the door, and there are the people, right? And so, to me, that's my takeaway. It's wonderful people here. Thank you uh, for welcoming us into your, into your family. And with that, uh, God bless this church.
0: So a couple more people I want to introduce you to to make sure you hear from uh, this guy 's going to make his way up his name 's Doug Copenhaver. and as he comes um, you know half of this project was not the building but the excavation work done to it and We had gotten bids uh, over the you know over the course of the bidding process to figure out who the who the best excavation company was to go with and and i I had bumped into Doug every now and then through the construction trade and and knew about him and, and um and had worked with people that had worked with him and but never really had a, a ton of interaction. And so his bid came in great and I started getting advice from other people and they said, He's a guy to go with. If if you want it done right, he is, he will not cut corners. And so um so we sat down and had a conversation. It's very matter of fact, and here's the way it's gonna go, here's what's gonna happen. And one of the things that I appreciated about Doug is he was he was willing to buy into the volunteer. Uh, deal. And a lot of contractors that you're hiring don't like to hear that. Uh, so he was willing to buy into that concept. And I can tell you right now, I have had, I have had contractors come to me and go, the site work on that place is unbelievable. And, um, and he's done a phenomenal job. I've gotten to know him as a person. And, uh, he's a wonderful man who is, um, who is doing good work, uh, not only through his business, he's a president of the Berkeley County Commission, and he's doing good work. I'm, I'm thankful that he's here. There's been many times that he's not just an excavator here. Uh, he's got a ton of experience, and, and so he would come to me, and he'd go, Chris, I'm not, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. And I'd say, Doug, there's no toes to step on. Just tell me whatever it is. And he would say, well, have you considered this? Have you considered that? And he's got a, he had a neat vantage point from sitting out on a piece of equipment, seeing the project happen. And he'd come to me several times and he'd say, I, I, don't, I don't know any other church could pull this off. And so I value his friendship. We're going to be friends a lot longer than that. We were talking just the other day about doing some good work together in, uh, in different places. And so uh, I'm thankful that he's been part of that process. And uh, could you welcome him as he comes? Thanks, buddy.
8: As I said in the first sermon, Chris put me on last as a speaker so that way he can always tell the politician, I'm sorry I ran out of time. Um, one of the things that uh, being a contractor for 37 years and been happily married most of my time for 37 years, um, which we all know, own the business and marriage takes a lot of work, takes a lot of dedication, and we've got to be willing to dedicate that time that it takes to be successful. And um, that's what this, this congregation did on this project. They were dedicated. They were married to the project, and they weren't going to get a divorce. One of the things that, that's happened with all the success you've heard about today, you forget that last year was the rainiest year we had on record, right? The rainiest year, and they stayed on schedule. It's a little harder for me being a, <laughs> playing in the mud and the dirt all the time. And then Pastor Chris comes up to me and says, Doug, we're going we're gonna to have this place done for Easter Sunday. I said, well, that's great for you, Chris, but I don't know about my side. <laughs> As you can see, all the ponds are full of water. Now I gotta, I'll fight with that. And, and, um, but um, what a wonderful project and what a wonderful name, Hope Community Church. Um, in my life, there's been a lot of success. And there's been some times that you really wonder, you know, can you make it? And um, so each and every one of us in this room, at one time or another, probably questioned our hope. And a lot of these gentlemen that were up on stage today, being in the construction business, questioned their hope. But they always have found it, and they always have it. And they even had it enough of it to give to the community and give to the church and make their community a stronger and better place good friend of mine which was up on stage earlier uh, eight years ago when I lost our son he said I got a home for you Doug why don't you come to church and uh, I told Jamie I said "I I will one day I will and uh, it's been eight years, and here I am, and I'm like each and every one of you here today. I was looking for a home to call my own. As Mark said earlier, I found that home. I'm sitting back there, and always, my speech always changes because of the great people in front of me. So, I don't write speeches because every time I write a speech, it changes every five minutes depending upon what someone says in front of me. (laughs) One of the things that, that means so much to me anymore, I came today by myself. I hope to bring friends, family, and people in need with me as this day goes forward to restore their hope And help restore mine. One day, last year, last fall, I had to go to Pastor Chris. I said, Pastor, this is a tough question, but I got to ask it. I said, tomorrow Sunday, and I've got three pretty days, the prettiest days I've had for a while, to try to get this site ready and paved before winter, I said, I'm asking permission to be able to work on Sunday. And thank God, we he had to work until lunch. But a young lady came up to me and said, what are you doing here working on a Sunday, Donna? And I started thinking myself real hard and real fast. I said, man, I got to have an answer for this one. So the longer I sat in that dozer seat, grading out the stone, Craig's paving was coming in on Monday. I said, I've got my answer. Here's my answer, Donna. I said to myself, God gave me three wonderful days to get this project paved. And he asked me what I was going to do about it. So that day on Sunday, We got it done. Craig's paving was supposed to come in on Monday and prep it. I I wanted them to prep it before they started paving. They said it was a good enough job. They didn't have to prep it. They would come in on Tuesday and start paving. When they started pulling out, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, when they started pulling out, the snow started to fall, and there wasn't one other day. The plant was shut down for the whole winter. So God gave us these couple days to get the project done. And uh, it meant a lot to me to make sure that when you came here on Sunday, that you didn't walk in this church with mud on your feet. So I would like to thank each and every one of you all. And I also like to thank every, you know, we, we, we talk about how much work the men dedicated, but we all know, if we're wise, that behind every good man, there's a good woman. And I, I'm zero, but one last thing. I guarantee each man that worked up here every Saturday, every week for six and a half months, if the wife wasn't up here helping them, when they got home, the wife just asked for a couple, couple sweet little things. Can you sit down beside me and talk to me for a couple minutes? Can you sit down beside me and eat dinner? And what wonderful women we are blessed to have. So with that said, God bless your new home. God bless this congregation. And most of all, God bless you, Chris.
0: We are getting ready to wrap it up. John May has been a, a long time friend of mine. He's uh, the district youth director for the Potomac Network, Network Youth Director, and he's going to come up here. While he comes, I want to say uh, a few things. I'm also going to invite a few people up on stage while he's preparing. Uh, our our ministry heads: Adam Lee, Donna Euler, Sam Lucier, Laura Lucier, Joe Charette, Chantel Charette. Uh, Heather Dunham, DJ Redmond, Jessica Cody. Um, I don't know how many of those people are in the building. Could you just stand? Let me, let's just do uh, that. Let's just stand up. They, they lead all of our ministries. I want to tell you, there's three people. There's two people out of that list that actually get paid to do it. And uh, we, we, we. There was more remarkable things than just building the building that happened. We built the building. But then on December 16th or 17th was our last day in this building. And we moved into the school and all those people without having prior knowledge of how to do a portable church, just ripped it all up, took it down to the school. And we had church, a portable church every Sunday. And they did that for over four months and, uh, and just figured it out how to make it happen. And when we came back into this building, I said, Hey, we're going to go back in at three services. And they were like, are you kidding me? And they knuckled down and made it happen, and they were here week after week after week. I do want to also say this: between that group of people that I just, those names I just read you in the in the elder board and pastor and pastors, uh, they committed not committed as in they still have to put it in, but they've already given one hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars to the construction of this building. So not only, not only dedicated in the sense of, of uh, we'll put some time in, but followed it up uh, with their resources. And it's a, it's a remarkable team to be a part of. And I just want to say thank you to them. Uh, I also want to say thank you. Uh, Ty, could you stand up right there? Uh, if you could welcome Ty, Tyson. One of, the issues, one of the issues with moving into a school is you have to deal with school administrators. And, um, and we have been amazingly blessed. People ask me how it's going. I'll say there's no church that's ever done it, been able to do it this way. Uh, I've known Ty for a long time. Uh, he knows what we're walking through. He's a contractor as well. And being the principal there at uh, Tomahawk Intermediate School, they bent over backwards. We were just floored at the extent that they went to accommodate us. Uh, They have a a small stage. They said, hey, just leave your stuff up on the stage. Okay. They were clearing out uh, closets so the kids' ministry could keep stuff in the closets. I'm telling you, and and, uh, John can actually say, that's unheard of. And so not only is Ty uh, just a great person and a great principal, he's committed to the gospel going forward. And it was an unbelievable relationship with the school. So Ty, I thank you so much. You're sad. You guys are great. There's a pile of other contractors. Uh, John's going to come and ask him to give the papal blessing. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. And uh, if there's anyone that can run an event, it's John May. And we're getting ready to go tonight and do another one uh, together. And so uh, I cherish his friendship uh, through the downs and the highs and the lows of being a pastor and being here at Hope Community Church. Uh, John's been there to pick up the phone and call and and get advice from. And uh, he's just been a wonderful person in my life. And so I asked him to come. This morning, and just say a few words and bless us as a church. Because you welcome him when he comes? You
9: You know, this morning, it was absolutely an honor for Denise and I to be able to be here. Uh, It was many years ago, we were Youth Alive missionaries. Pastor Don and his wife had us come, and we were in the other building. And to be able to be here this morning and see the goodness of the Lord... Is a is an encouragement and a blessing and a testament. You know, I am reminded that behind every uh, every good church, there's a good leader. We've heard that over and over again this morning. You know, as Pastor Chris said, I met him and Denise and I met him and Beth uh, many years ago. And uh, and I've got good news for you. When I met them, I asked Chris. I said, "Will you build a deck?" on the back of my split foyer house, the first house that we ever purchased in Winchester. We needed a deck on the back. And if you know me, you know I know nothing about building. (laughs) So I'm learning as I'm listening to this this morning. And I got good news for you this morning, that deck is still standing. So (laughs) the church (laughs) is still standing and will for, for endless years to come until Jesus comes. And um, these guys are truly servant leaders. You know, Chris built that deck and Denise reminded me this morning, and whatever, and and I remember he said to me, take whatever you're gonna pay me, I'm gonna put it to missions. He didn't pocket that money. You know, Beth, she came along, we we were young, dumb, and knew nothing about taxes for so many years and taught me kind of how to do our taxes the best that we could. And the good news is I haven't been audited yet. So that's, that's, that's good. But in all seriousness, in our network is the Potomac Ministry Network really exists to resource churches and leaders and to provide relevant relational ministry. And, you know, today doesn't just mark the dedication of a building. Your church has been so instrumental for many, many years in blessing your staff, blessing Chris and Sam and the team to come and to make the investment in thousands, literally thousands of students and leaders across the Potomac Ministry Network. They give hours and hours and hours of their time and energy. And as Chris said, they'll come tonight and this week we'll host about a thousand pastors And they'll be instrumental in making that event successful. And folks, I want to say this. It's not just about a building, and it's not even just about your community. It's because of the seeds that you have planted that you've been able to touch students and leaders and ministries all around the world, and you will continue to do that from this day forward. And so it's our honor today to be able to be here and to pray over you today and to bless you in that way. You know, Mark earlier took the scripture and quoted it that I had written down, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And I can testify this morning that the Lord has built this house and that your labor is not in vain today. I want to encourage you this morning, if you will, to stand to your feet all around the room. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, just to stretch out your right hand to the Lord this morning, if you're comfortable doing that, if you're not, no big deal. And I'm going to ask my wife and Don and Linda and Chris and Beth, and we're just going to, I'm going to ask them to join me on the platform if you can. And and I want to be able to pray over you, and, and I want to pray that God will not only just bless the building, but will bless the people that make up the building. Because this is a vehicle, this building is a vehicle that God has created so that the message of Jesus Christ can go forth to the people in this community and all around the world. And so this morning, with our hands raised, let's pray today. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for, Lord, this church. God, I thank you for the leaders that you have placed in this place God, I thank you for Pastor Chris and for Beth and Pastor Don and for Linda and for all of those that come into this building week after week and month after month and give of their time and their energy and their finances. God, I thank you, Lord, that it's not just a physical building, but God, it marks, Lord, a spiritual renewal in this community. And that, God, today we dedicate this building in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That lives would be changed. That people would be encouraged. That those that are in bondage would be set free. And that, Lord, you would continue to pour out your anointing and your blessing. That, God, you would go before them and behind them and beside them. And, Lord, every step that this church takes... Every step that Hope Community takes in this, in this area, God, would be a step that, Lord, is divinely ordered of you. God, I ask you to give Pastor Chris, as the leader of this congregation, Lord, wisdom beyond his years and beyond his ability. And that, God, every place that, Lord, he and Beth would step their foot would be anointed of you. And that, God, this is just the beginning of what you want to do. And, Lord, this church would not be able to contain, Lord, what you want to do in this community, in this county, and in this region. And so, Lord, today we bless it in Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you will do. And everyone said today, amen.
0: It's been a good day, good morning. My wife is here. I I would be Remiss if I didn't say, uh, I wasn't at home for six and a half months and she didn't complain a lot and was supportive and was here and um, just have a wonderful wife and kids. And they were uh, they were as committed to this project as I will ever be. And so, um, uh, so it made it easy. It, it made it easy to do. So I bless you. I bless your family and I bless the future we have together. Amen. So Father, we thank you, and it's in the name of Jesus we wrap this up. Amen and amen. We'll see you back here next week.